The views expressed on this episode of My Take Radio do not reflect the views, thoughts, or feelings of the My Take Radio staff, My Take Radio advertisers, or My Take Radio content partners. Listener and viewer discretion is advised. This coverage is live and uncensored, so if you have any small children present, you may want to have them leave the room. What's going on, guys? My Take Radio, episode 381, powered by RageWorks, broadcasting live Thursday, December 1st, 2016. I'm your host, Rich, and our call-in number is 347-324-3541. Again, that call-in number, 347-324-3541. If this is your first time tuning into My Take Radio, My Take Radio is a variety show covering mixed martial arts, professional wrestling, gaming, and entertainment. On Wednesday nights, we cover MMA and wrestling. Thursdays, we switch gears, jump into gaming, entertainment, and sometimes a little tech as well. This show is currently airing in audio and video format on RageWorks.net. You can go there and hit the live tab, and you'll be able to watch tonight's show. In addition, we are simulcasting to Daily Motion, YouTube, Restream, Vaughn Live, Twitch, and a host of other video providers. Most of those are in the tab on the live page for tonight's broadcast. But if you are using any of those other mediums and are not on mtrlive.com, by all means, head there and you can interact in the chat room and participate in tonight's broadcast. In addition to that, there is an audio-only stream, which is simulcast on Mixler, M-I-X-L-R. You can go to mixler.com, punch in my take radio, and listen to the show that way. And if you're on your mobile device, you can also... Punch in My Take Radio via the Mixler app, available for iOS and Android, and you'll be able to listen to the live shows that way as well. So with that out of the way, let's get into tonight's topics. I really shouldn't have started chewing gum before I started doing this show. (laughs) We're going to talk about a ton of gaming news. I'm sure Slick is going to participate. We're going to break down some of the stuff that went down Black Friday, uh, some of the stuff we picked up. We are going to talk about the gaming awards and some of the other newsworthy items of the week. Entertainment-wise, we're going to talk about this past weekend's holiday box office and who came in on top. In addition, obviously, the other entertainment news of the week. A couple of housekeeping things to get out of the way. Our broadcast schedule for the month of December is available on RageWorks.net. Please go and check it out. Uh, We're going to be doing shows until the 15th of December. The shows for the 14th and the 15th will be the last shows of 2016. Uh, We will be back first week of January with shows, which we will uh, probably do the two last live shows before we switch back to 
just a weekly podcast format. Uh, if you are not aware of that change, by all means, read the post on RageWorks.net. But as I said in previous episodes, we will be switching away from the live broadcast and moving to podcasts, releasing around the same schedule uh, Tuesday nights, Wednesday mornings for MMA and wrestling and Wednesday nights, Thursday mornings for gaming and entertainment. Same schedule, just not a live broadcast. But that does not mean that we will not be doing live shows permanently. It just means that we won't be doing them on a weekly schedule, but milestone episodes or episodes with special guests, we will be doing those live as usual. But everything else will be in podcast format. As always, any further information you may need, feel free to contact me via social media or rich at mytakeradio.com or rich at rageworks.net, whichever you prefer. And I can answer any questions you may have regarding these upcoming changes. All right. With that said, let us jump right into tonight's gaming stuff. We got lots to break down. Let's get to it. All right. So it was a pretty wild week on the gaming side of things. You know, we had the gaming awards. We got a ton of games that came out. Uh, earlier in the month of November, we got some crazy games on deck still for no December to close out 2016. We got the gaming awards. We got two essentially brand new consoles with the Xbox One S and the PlayStation Pro uh, fighting for your holiday dollars. And it definitely was evident this past holiday weekend with people picking up brand new consoles, either Xbox One's or PlayStation Pros in pretty much any retailer I went to. There were a lot of competitive bargains for those of you that were looking to make the switch, whether it was one game, two games, two games and accessories, et cetera, et cetera. Every company was definitely going out of their way to ensure that they would give you the most bang for your buck. Now, the Xbox One S saw a couple of different deals with systems as low as 249 to 349 depending on the size, the edition that you were looking for, et cetera. Uh, Gears of War additions were definitely moving everywhere I went, and people were also picking up Battlefield bundles as well. So definitely two very, very good titles to help move units. On the PS4 Pro side, you know, we had uh, bundles with Uncharted and um, some of other some other games that were put together by different mom and pop stores that I got to check out. But at the end of it all, we were still moving along and moving units. Now, I'm curious to see what the MPD numbers for November are. I'm sure we will have them by next week's show, but I can honestly say that everywhere I went, people were picking up games, consoles, and accessories at a pretty steady pace. In addition to that, people were definitely picking up a fair share of Blu-rays as well. Now, for me personally, I think that, I'll be honest, I didn't buy a lot of games. I ended up just buying blu-rays and mostly because i have a backlog of titles there's stuff that we're reviewing etc etc but there were some good there were some good things that you could have picked up both new titles that were going for half price essentially 29.99 uh in some cases even lower depending on the title you were looking for plus a couple of other titles that may have fallen by the wayside that saw some really really substantial price reductions as well like i said i'm curious to know what you guys picked up by all means let us know uh, via social media or in our RageWorks group. Curious to see how you guys fared. Definitely would love to hear more about it. Now, one thing I will say, and this is something that 
a lot of people were upset about were the Nintendo bundles. As many of you know, Nintendo had a 3DS for $99.99. I'm sure Slick will elaborate a bit further. And people were genuinely just upset at the way that the entire Black Friday special was handled for that. Complete disaster. Now, in addition, for those of you that are looking for the retro NES consoles, good luck. There's rumors that we're supposed to be seeing consoles uh, later on this month, but those are exactly that. Rumors, yours truly is looking for one. I want to get one for my sister uh, for Christmas, but you know we're seeing them selling for double, triple, and quadruple the MSRP based on the way that people are you know, buying them and reselling them and obviously laying in wait. Uh, From what I've heard and from what Nintendo has said, there will be more consoles available this month and also available uh, in the beginning of 2017. But obviously, for those of us that are trying to do some Christmas shopping, uh, we kind of want the consoles now. So by all means, if you guys know or can point me in the direction of a console uh, from a big box retailer, if you guys know anything, by all means, please feel free to send it my way. Like I said, trying to get my hands on one for my sister for Christmas and just want to pay regular retail. I'm not going to pay the price gouging price. Fuck that. It's not that serious. If I get it, great. If I don't, I don't. But I will say this, and this is something I got to tell everybody. If you cannot find that particular item, don't lose your mind. You know, if you can't find it, it is what it is. Either wait till after the holidays or have an alternative gift in mind. But please don't let anybody price gouge you uh, to the point of where you're paying double or triple for an item. If if somebody has an item and it's 60 bucks and they decide, oh, we're going to sell it for 80 bucks. Eh, you know, it's a it's a it's a bit higher than expected, obviously, but it's not terrible. But we're talking about people selling it for 100, 120, 200. It becomes a situation where, you know, is it really worth it in the long run? And I just don't think it is like like what was happening with the Amiibo figures when people were going crazy for them. I mean, you know, I I was a reseller for a while with with Amiibo stuff. I make no no qualms about it, but I was also not trying to get rich off the shit, you know, trying to make a little profit. And I just got lucky in some of the Amiibos I found. And again, I don't I don't begrudge people that are trying to make a little money, taking advantage. But there's a fine line. And I've said this before, you know, if you want to buy two of something, one for yourself and one to resell, that's fine. But don't go in there and buy four, five, and six or try and, and do some sort of a racket and get rich off of it. Because at the end of the day, what ends up happening is either you can't get any more of that inventory or it gets worse in the sense that you're stuck with inventory because when it hits the stores, the price just falls right out from under people. I mean, this happened years ago, and I talked about this a, a couple of episodes back You know, with the old Marvel Legends figures. One, one particular figure was the Unmasked Wolverine worth i i went i think as high as five six hundred dollars at one time and they got you know the the company decided oh we're just gonna put more of them out and before you know it it just bottomed out completely and you know you were being you were able to essentially buy the figure for retail or maybe a little bit above again i don't begrudge people that are trying to make a living but i also think that there's you shouldn't price gouge uh, anyone or take advantage of anything that's in short supply to the extent where it just looks completely and utterly unprofessional. Again, there's a fine line. If you want to get make an extra 20 bucks, 30 bucks, 40 bucks, that's fine. But I also got to say this. If people are going out there and paying the double, the triple, and the quadruple pricing 
that's going on with these Nintendo units, then you guys are part of the problem. And you're creating this market. You're giving people this get rich quick mentality, which ends up hurting not only fellow gamers, but even the people that are buying the shit because they end up being stuck with a bunch of units that they got to get rid of, probably at retail, maybe at under retail if, if, you know, worse comes to worse. And it's just unnecessary. It genuinely, genuinely is. Now, I will say this, and this goes for, you know, Nintendo, any toys, anything that use leverage social media. There's a lot of people that are putting information out there. There's a lot of trackers, stuff like that. I mean, I remember when the Wii was very sought after, you know, there were people sharing on social media, hey, this retailer's getting some, et cetera, et cetera. Do that, leverage that pool because the information is readily available and people sometimes are just willing to do the right thing and share. I mean, Slick has done it on more than one occasion where he'll message me and be like, hey, they got XYZ at this store. If you're looking for it, you can go pick one up. And that's what I mean. Leverage, leverage your connections. If you have to avoid, you know, by all means, try and avoid paying some of those astronomical uh, price gouging prices. Just don't do it. And if you got to pay it, you know, pay within reason. Don't fuel that machine. It's just really not necessary. All right. So I'm going to bring Slick in. We're going to go into some of the gaming stuff for this week and a couple of news items. So let's get to it. Mr. Slick. I'm not ready. No, I'm just kidding. What's going on, brother? I'm kind of not, but um, it's cool. I, um, the, the Game Awards ran over, and um, I'm just trying to get some, some stuff out. Like with the uh, the 31 Days of Anime that you saw, saw me do, I'm doing one for gaming as well. Right. So I, that I'm pretty much done with. So go ahead, man. So... You know, I saw I saw some of the the gaming award stuff. I uh, I had to get that piece of gum that I was chewing. It was driving me crazy. Um, I saw that there were some interesting winners that came out of it. Um, Overwatch took game of the year, which I found to be very, very interesting, um, primarily because it was up against some really good titles. Uh, Uncharted four, of course, Titanfall two was a bit of a shocker, as was Doom for game of the year. Not that not to take anything away and inside. But not to take anything away from those titles, I felt that Overwatch um, definitely has cultivated its own community, its own niche. So I can see why it, it was awarded that honor. But I'm genuinely shocked that Uncharted 4 didn't run away with that. I, I agree 100% right there. I was disheartened, basically. And I, I even said on the live blog, it was like, you know, no disrespect to the, the Overwatch community and the people that love that game, but right. I just don't feel that a multiplayer, you know, you know, team shooter should be game of the year. I don't feel that Overwatch, Titanfall 2, or Doom should have won because essentially, you know, of course there are differences, but they're essentially the same type of game, and they fall in that genre of game that... I just, again, personally don't see as game of the year quality on top of all the other games that came out in 2016 standing above them. In a certain category, absolutely, but not as game of the year. Uncharted 4 out of those choices should have won, if not inside. Well, it seemed to be a very, very big turnout for Overwatch. I mean, you know, they got best game direction. They took game of the year. Uncharted 4 did take best narrative and inside took best art direction. 
Uh, best music and sound design was an interesting category with Doom taking that. I definitely felt that the the soundtrack and the sound for that game were incredibly immersive and extremely well done. If you want to see what I'm talking about, definitely play Doom with a good 5.1, 7.1 surround sound system. Or if you got a really good pair of 5.1 or 7.1 surround sound headphones, you'll get what I'm talking about. I felt that that was definitely well-deserved. In terms of best performance, there were a lot of great categories, but Nolan North definitely deserved uh, the work that he put into Uncharted 4. I think that that's, you know, he's one of those voice actors that he 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 adds so much to Nathan Drake as a character that his work definitely deserves to be acknowledged. That's for sure. Absolutely. And again, I don't take anything away from, from decisions that I disagree with. It's just that I, I, um, I applaud Jeff Keighley for what he is, for what not trying to do what he's already done because it's three years now. Right. But there needs to be better organization of the game awards, which, you know, that's the title of his award show. And I mean, for one, it's, it's gotten a little bit better because there seem to be a lot fewer off screen, uh, awards like where we didn't even hear who was nominated they just said this this game won right which i I never think they should do that especially with all the time they had but um there definitely needs to be better organization because like again and i'm not taking away from game because i think it's a fantastic game dishonored 2 won best action adventure and to me that's more of an action rpg It, it shouldn't have been in that category and especially since you know, a favorite of mine, Hitman was only mentioned once right. and was beaten out by by um, Dishonored 2, which to me, they don't belong in the same category of game. Okay, well, to that point, I got to say, in the category of best action game, you know, Doom won that. And I found that to be very odd, considering that its competition was Battlefield, Gears of War, and Overwatch, which I feel all three outsold Doom and were definitely suitable contenders not to take any way anything away from doom i bought the game it's really badass it's fun it's definitely a throwback to to what people enjoyed about doom in the first place but in looking at it you know gears of war 4 definitely took it to another level as did overwatch and if we're talking strictly on action i feel that gears of war 4 and battlefield 1 embodied that to a t again not taking away from the other titles because that was one of those one of those categories where it was a toss up, but I just felt that Gears of War was, you know, should have been pretty much guaranteed that honor. I hear you. How did you feel about The Witcher 3 taking best RPG and dethroning World of Warcraft, which is fucking insane? I was, of course, happy because you know how much I, I when excuse me, went in for The Witcher 3 last year, but even though it technically is a 2016 release i really didn't feel like it should have been in the running because one that's a, an add-on it's not it's not the main game right and again it's like the witcher 3 had its year already last year right it shouldn't i mean i guess i just felt that it shouldn't still be winning awards but <laughs> i mean it is what it is right no, I get what you're saying. I That's thought why I say that that the overall award show probably needs some better organization and better criteria. Because I mean, for one thing, 
if you had The Witcher 3 winning an award in 2016, why was Rise of the Tomb Raider not even mentioned for anything? Because the the PS4 edition of the game is fantastic. No, I get what you're saying. Mentioned at all. No, I, I get it. I definitely, definitely do. I think that for me personally, I am I'm of the mindset that hold on a second. I'm of the I'm of the mindset that gaming, you know, award ceremonies in general are always very subjective and you're always gonna have woulda, coulda, shouldas. I mean, looking at the fighting game category, I'm not even shocked Street Fighter Five took it. Um, I felt King of Fighters was a better but game. I, don't think that it deserves it. I think King of Fighters 14 should have won it. I think King of Fighters was a better game in terms of value, but in terms of market penetration, you know, Street Fighter Five was in a league of its own because you know we're we're also talking about a game that's on the tournament circuit that that has this mainstream appeal. Not again, King of Fighters is an amazing game. We both own it. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I felt that the game brought. A lot of value to it. I mean, people complained about certain things that I just felt they really had no need to complain about. But the only legitimate gripe I always felt with King of Fighters was the net code for online play. Everything else, though, was solid. Yeah, I, I, sorry, I was typing one sentence, but I, I agree with what you're saying. I want to get into uh, some stuff in just one second. I think, um, you know, while, while you take care of that, Overwatch winning best multiplayer was a no-brainer only because all the games that it was up against had a very, very strong online component. I just felt that Overwatch with its community atmosphere and its team-based play brought more people into the fold because everybody had a role when it came to that game. You had people that were, you know, expert healers and, you know, had a healthy mix of different attributes. And I think that utilizing and leveraging that community was a huge part of the success of the game. I mean, the game right now, you've seen, you you see that people cosplay and do all the stuff. Like, they're, they've definitely cultivated a, a very unique and diverse community with this game. And the honor of winning Best Multiplayer was definitely well-deserved. I hear you. Um, one other award I wanted to mention that, I, again, I'm going back to the It Just Needs Better Organization, was Best Sports or Racing Game. Right. Which I said, right. why are they lumping sports and race? I kind of get it because for best racing game, you really, other than Forza, what did you even have this? Exactly. Trackmania Turbo? No, you're right. I think that they would just use that as just a way to mix, you know, to kind of have Forza included in something because Forza definitely was, and I played the demo, I was blown away by how by how amazing it looked. I was like, holy shit. Like we've seen beautiful games but but it was it was really, really, really impressive. The thing that I'm I'm saying with regard to that is that it's like you had Forza competing against like MLB the show, which made no sense. Right. For one, MLB the show was a fantastic baseball game. It also competed against PES twenty seventeen, which I personally have never experienced it, but I've seen people play, and it's highly regarded as, like, the soccer game. Like, it shits on FIFA. Well, I was was shocked to go one step further to what you said, competing against NBA 2K17. I mean, when it comes... But you know what the problem is? It's exactly that. Like, NBA 2K17 
we we're still waiting on NBA live from EA. So if I said, Hey, who are we going to award best basketball game to it's NBA 2k 17 or nothing. I mean, same thing with Forza. It's like best racing game. You don't do best basketball game. You do best sports game. Right. I mean, for one thing, the big shocker, that Matten wasn't even nominated. I couldn't even believe that. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> and people actually, that Madden was very because you know my, was well received. Streaming it, I've seen a, a lot of Madden this year, and it's. I mean, it's just still that Madden, but it's it's a solid game. Yes, I agree. Even I was tempted to pick it up the the few times that I played it. I was like, well, shit. I'm like, maybe I'm missing something. And and that's what I mean. Like from that, from that perspective, you know, it's always, it's always weird. Again, going back to what I was saying before, you're always going to find things that you agree or disagree with in terms of these award shows that, that definitely was a questionable category. I was actually not shocked that legend of Zelda breath of the wild took most anticipated game because again, Zelda, (laughs) the only, the only game that could have beaten Breath of the Wild for most anticipated game. Guess what? It came out last week. Which was? Final Fantasy 15. Dude, it's been anticipated for nine years. Yeah, but that's the thing. What's weird to me about that is, yeah, Final Fantasy 15 was anticipated and people were talking about it and talking about it. But, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I thought that the chatter minus the initial announcement and the stuff that we received was fairly... I don't want to say they were it was lukewarm, but I feel that they didn't ramp up the advertising campaign and the interest in the game until the last two weeks or so. Am I mistaken? I would have to disagree. Okay. I mean, they've maybe more of it was online, but I saw a ton of advertisement throughout this year. I mean, they, I saw advertising to advertise it in no, I, you know, I saw advertising during, you know, watching Flash and Arrow and those shows. For some reason, they were doing, they, they, you know, they paid for product placement during that, you know, that show, those shows because of the big four-way crossover they were doing. And they were actually doing little, you know, five-minute previews of the game, three-minute three minute previews. So I definitely felt that in that capacity, they were being ultra-aggressive with it. I just felt that minus the stuff that we receive as an out as a media outlet and you know the the mentioning the you know the conversations here and there i just didn't see it i guess as much as everyone else well i don't know i mean like i said it, it it's a, it is an eye of the beholder type thing but all things considered uh square sent me something today that said that Day one shipment and digital sales exceeded 5 million units for Final Fantasy 15. Right. That also reinforces that there's still a very strong. No, and and I agree with that. It also reinforces that there's still a very strong RPG community when it comes to gaming. Right. I No, I mean, and that's not to take anything away from Zelda because this is a very different Zelda game. It's probably the most different the the biggest departure from what a standard zelda game is since ocarina of time came out like everybody's hoping that this will be the next generation ocarina of time myself included yeah i i think that that's one of those situations where you know i personally am going to take a wait and see approach out of that entire list i'm definitely excited for god of war um just because i love that franchise and red dead redemption 2 just because 
I never realized how 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 passionate people were about a game, a Western game. But that uh that changed, you know, when I played it, you know, a while back. I was like, yeah, I can understand why people like this so much, especially because I've been watching Sometimes Westworld. I Red Dead Redemption Two just because of honestly, just because of Grand Theft Auto Five. Right. To be able to see what they can do with a sprawling Western setting and just tons of people being able to form posses and all kinds of crazy shit and see what they can do with it with the online component. Because you know there's going to have to be an online component. Absolutely. Definitely. Go on. So Go and form your own posse. That would be my excitement for, for RDR2. Yeah, I mean, like I said, forming your own posse, getting a group of friends to go and hunt an outlaw. Like, I think there's definitely a lot of possibilities there, and I'm definitely intrigued to see where Rockstar takes it. Um, you know, Overwatch took best esports game, not shocked. Uh, even though, you know, Street Fighter has a very popular and very, you know, ingrained fan base, I definitely feel that Overwatch really just came in and took over. Like, everywhere I've looked, everybody's talking about, you know, competitive Overwatch gameplay, uh, different streaming. A lot of sometimes I always look at the streaming, like when you log into Twitch or any of these other providers and you're looking at the channels that are popular at that moment, I see a lot of Overwatch, that's for sure. And in that, that category, I absolutely, positively, 1000% agree with their, you know, giving it to Overwatch. Right. I mean, don't get me wrong. League nothing, of Legends. Nothing deserves it more. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, League of Legends, Dota, Counter-Strike, all, you know, amazing franchises with with loads of esports teams and, and, and individuals involved. But like I said, Overwatch just created something new and, and you know, kind of different. Uh, speaking of which, I gladly, and, you know, I'm not... Since, since this is our show, I'm gladly going to take this moment to shit on Cliffy B because his uh, upcoming game looks like a fluffy Overwatch ripoff. Well, you know, this is one of those things where you look at a game and you look at the people involved and you either love it or you hate it. You know, it's like it's like people you either love like Hideo Kojima stuff or you hate it or you love you know, stuff put out by Capcom or you hate it, which I'm going to get into that in a moment. I think that, you know, a lot of companies are coming along and taking established properties and turning them on their heads. A uh, great example of that is Telltale Games with the amazing work they've done with The Walking Dead, the stellar work they've done with Batman and the new announcement, which we actually just received uh, the information for their game based on Guardians of the Galaxy. So, I think if anybody's coming out and turning an establishment on their head right now, it's got to be Telltale. Well, Telltale's been doing that for some time. Yep. I I don't... There, there's nothing that I, I see them pretty much not able to handle. Right. After they, after they did... Basically, after they did Minecraft Story Mode, which was the first time they took a property that basically had no story and made a story for it, Oh, they can do pretty much anything. Exactly. And that's and that's what I'm that's what I'm alluding to. You know, that that we see, you know, Cliffy B comes, he shows his game, oh, it looks like Overwatch, blah, 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 blah. It's different when you look at stuff from Telltale because yeah, it looks like whatever. You know, it's like, hey, it's an existing property. But the way that it's being presented, 
allows you to appreciate that property in a more intimate setting? Well, also, and I'm not going to say too much on it for those who maybe are waiting for the, the full disc and everything to not spoil, but if you look at the Batman story, it's, yes, it's an established property, but DC gave them the ball and Telltale's running with it. Yep. I mean, aside that's... Aside from... Aside from, for the most part, who is supposed to be who, there's not much that's the same in this Batman universe that they've created. Right. I think that, you know, that's one of those things. I mean, right now they got the next installment of The Walking Dead dropping. Uh, The New Frontier drops December 20th, and that's going to be a multi-platform release. Windows, Xbox One, 360, PS4, PS3, iOS, and Android. And you've you've played their, their Walking Dead games. You know that that when it comes time for them to hit you with a product, especially one with such a rabid fan base as The Walking Dead, there's a certain expectation. And I think Telltale has just knocked it out of the park every time they come up to bat. Absolutely, with The Walking Dead. And I am checking something just because of the images that I got. But I think I think that Season 3 of The Walking Dead has is um, only new consoles and PC. And and uh, mobile, I don't think it's on 360 or PS3. Hmm. Interesting. I'm, I'm scanning through the article because, yes, it's normal for them to to always do it for pretty much everything. Right. But they, you know, usually, especially when they they are announcing their their disc version, you'll see all of the disc versions that they have, and the the image is only PS4 and Xbox One. Now, do you think that may be because of the it may be a digital release for those other two consoles? No, I think they're they're moving forward. Hmm. Okay. Well, then I'm gonna have to dig a little deeper because that's what I had picked up. But in e- in either case, December twentieth is the drop date for that. So mark it down on your calendars. Uh, I also wanted to talk about the Not fact only that on December twentieth is going to be a double episode. Two episodes come out on December twentieth. Ah, look at that! Slick, slick ahead of the curve there. <laughs> nice work. And uh, while we are on the subject of gaming in December, Pokemon Go is going to drop out uh, another 100 new normal, a combination of 100 new and legendary Pokemon in their next update. It's also going to feature player versus player battles, um, trading between players, and you know a bunch of other features that they had talked about before. Uh, that update is going to happen sometime this month. Uh, what are your thoughts? I've, I've still been playing the game casually. I think that adding, obviously, new ones to catch is great. I think the player versus player battle uh, component is going to be interesting for sure. I um, I actually have a canned response for for that, which I'm not (laughs) going to share live. But the um, excuse me, to be polite, I'm going to say that it's pretty much too little, too late. Not only because of the fact that Pokemon Sun and Moon are out, right just essentially destroys Pokemon Go. Right. Unless you're a casual gamer. Right. But also the fact that Niantic has done so much to suck the fun out of that game. Right. And I don't just mean because of the people who use the the, the third-party trackers. Right. But in the process of shutting down those trackers... They have made the game damn near, you know, unplayable in many situations. 
It's like you literally got to walk around to play the game. Yep. Which, especially right now, is not a great thing to be doing because it's like 30 degrees outside. Well, but I, go ahead. Like my thing, I, I in in some communities, people told me to stop complaining. And I was like, so um, the fact that I work about 30 miles away from my home and I would like to maybe play the game during my commute to work, I should walk to work and then walk back home. They kind of shut up after that. I mean, you know, if I'm on the bus, the games, the the game uses the, you know, the accelerometer and everything in the cell phone and the GPS to say, oh, you're going too fast. You must be driving. So, no, you can't play Pokemon Go. Right. Meanwhile, I'm sitting on a bus. Right. I'm sitting on a train. And it even says, you know, you're going too fast and asks you to press a button that says I'm a passenger. But still because I'm going above that whatever speed it is set at, which I'm not even sure it is anymore, not only will Pokemon not show up. Eggs won't hatch. I can't even... Well, the eggs will hatch. They will. Uh, it, it, it doesn't. It just doesn't work as, as well as if you're walking. Ah. Eggs will hatch, but you, you can't even get items from Pokestops. They'll say it'll say try again later. Yep, I've had that happen. So, essentially, the game's unplayable. Right. For somebody like me, who wants to play it on their way to and from work. Gotcha. I get what you're saying. Well, in any case, for those of you guys that are playing it, you're going to get a choice of of a hundred, you know, a hundred new and legendary Pokemon, including Mew and Mew Two. Which, good luck catching those. <laughs> Good luck even having them show up. I mean, they did the stupid shit because they released Ditto recently. Right. But you can't even see Ditto on the screen because Ditto is disguised as a Rattata or a Pidgey or a couple of other ones. And after you catch it, it transforms into Ditto. Right. So you never know if you actually caught what you caught until you caught it. Right. Which I've noticed. They just do a bunch of stuff as... They're just very backwards thinking in terms of the real aspect of the game. And that's why, at least for the moment, unless something serious changes, I'm happy with my 3DS. Right. Because I can actually play that on the bus. There you go. I did want to talk about, excuse me, I did want to talk about the big story that broke during the holiday break and started picking up steam over the last couple of days. Marvel versus Capcom 4 which may be shown in some capacity at this weekend's PlayStation Experience event. Now, of course, I had to correct a couple of people because they're like, hopefully that shit isn't console exclusive. Keyword, PlayStation Experience event. <laughs> Keyword. There you go. So, aside from that, you I know. I think we should honestly leave that one alone until next week just because it is a rumor. Right, but I do want to acknowledge it. Could be doing anything. Right, but I do want to acknowledge it in this capacity. Uh, a couple of things. Obviously, there's been some interesting rumors brewing about Street Fighter versus Darkstalkers, which, oddly enough, as somebody who still buys the occasional Street Fighter comic book, uh, Udon, which is the publisher of the comic, actually put out a Darkstalker versus Street Fighter comic book series, which just started, oddly enough. And I found that to be incredibly convenient and um 
you know, I, I, I read it and I saw it. And I'm like, oh, the artwork looks dope. The, the, it should be a good book. And then I remembered that one thing I've noticed that Udon does is that when they put out like Street Fighter Five, they put out comics about Street Fighter Five and the characters and they and they they they, you know, introduce those characters into the comic book universe. Now, all of a sudden, for just no reason at all, we're getting Street Fighter versus Darkstalkers. Hmm. You know, so that that raised that raised some interesting questions for me uh, on the subject of Marvel versus Capcom Four. I mean, the games have always been well received. Um, you know, a lot of people are concerned about obviously the removal of you know the Fox affiliated Marvel properties being you know Fantastic Four and X Men. But I gotta say this: even if you removed all of the X Men and all of the Fantastic Four and their associated characters, the Marvel Universe is so vast that you can put anybody and everybody. And I was thinking about it. I said, all right, so let's say we lose Wolverine, we lose Deadpool, we lose Cyclops, Storm, Doctor Doom, uh, you know, those characters. Uh, Silver Surfer, if, if they had ever contemplated putting him in the game. But you still can use guys like Luke Cage, Iron Fist, Jessica Jones, you know, you can you can use Daredevil. You can use Spider-Man because, you know, they're letting him be used in the in the current properties anyway. You see what I'm saying? So that's just using all of that. You can use all of the Guardians of the Galaxy. You can use Captain Marvel. There's there's still such an infinite number. So people, yeah, you know, they're upset because they're not going to be able to use, you know, Doctor Doom and all this stuff. But again, these are characters we've seen. It's like putting Wolverine in the game for the fifth time. Yeah, it's cool because you get to play as Wolverine if he's your main character. But honestly, there's so many other characters. Wouldn't you want to see some other guys get some get some screen time? You know what I'm saying? I get what you're saying. And actually, what you just said is all the more reason why I would want to leave this alone until next week. Right. Because let's just for argument's sake, say that Marvel versus Capcom, let's say it was actually confirmed right now. Right. Marvel versus Capcom in terms of a video game deals with the comic book universe. Right. Not the cinematic universe. This is true, but... None of those characters would be off the shelf for usage. Yes, but let me... None of them. Let me explain. What ended up... What if, if For those of you that aren't reading comics... Um, you know, definitely free plug for the variant issue, our comic podcast. But aside from that, the the thing that's happening now in the Marvel Universe as it stands is that we're becoming more and more um, they're They're really pushing the inhumans as your quote unquote new mutants in the in the Marvel Universe. That's not to say that the mutants don't exist, but the focus on those characters has become substantially less going as far as Dr. Doom is Iron Man. Well, he's one of, of, of two Iron Man characters in the Marvel Universe. And again, this goes back to the whole thing that's been happening with Fox, which is, you know, the X-Men are still going to be used in comics, don't misunderstand. But in terms of leveraging the property for financial gain, they're, they're, they don't want to fuel that machine. Because according to, you know, what a lot of people have talked about is the less they utilize the property, the less successful it'll be, the easier it'll be for those rights to revert back to Marvel. Again, this is all, you know, stuff that I've heard, things that I've read, 
it's not it's not gospel. It's not 100 percent the case, but there's a lot of signs that point towards that direction. Now, yes, you know, we're definitely going to dig deeper into it once the announcement is official. But in terms of just, you know, characters and things I personally would like to see in the game, don't misunderstand. I have zero problems with, you know, seeing Wolverine and Cyclops and all those characters in the game because they're characters I like, you know, they're characters that we've grown up with in these games. But we also have so many new characters and so many different compelling characters that have come along recently that there's there's ample characters that you can work with. And that's what that's what I'm uh, you know, that's what I'm alluding to. I mean, you know, you, you got characters like Spider-Gwen who got really popular as of late. You know, that's that's a character that you can use. Same thing with Silk. Um, you know, you could do Hydra Captain America. You could use Winter Soldier. And again, yes, these are characters that are all that, you know, with the exclusion of Spider-Gwen have been seen in the cinematic universe. But what is something that I said a while back when they did Marvel versus Capcom three, which was and you may remember that I said it. I said, oh, look, how convenient every character that's appeared on the cinematic universe conveniently is a character you can play in the game. This shit has been happening even in the third one. So everybody's like, oh, they're going to use characters from the cinematic universe. It's like too late, assholes. It's already been done. You know, Doctor Strange, Iron Fist, Ghost Rider, you know, Thor, Iron Man, Captain America, the Hulk. Shall I go on? You know, it's like Rocket Raccoon. Why did they all of a sudden decide, hey, we're going to put this talking raccoon in the game from a from a from a comic book series that most mainstream fans, as much as they swear that they knew it, didn't give a fuck about it. Right. They showed up on a movie screen. Yep. It's like it's like me saying, you know what? We're going to use characters from Alpha Flight. And it's been an Alpha Flight shows up in like a Wolverine movie. All of a sudden, everybody knows Alpha Flight now. Nobody gave a fuck about the Canadian Avengers. <laughs> Nobody gives a fuck about Puck. Yeah, but, but that's exactly it. You know, Puck, Sasquatch, Vindicator. Come on. And that's what I'm saying. So for people that are getting bent out of shape that you can't play as Wolverine for the 85th time, it's like find a new character to main. Not the end of the world. It's all right. Dude, I've seen I've seen like threads like I can't fucking believe this. How are you not going to have a Marvel game without Wolverine? The same way you had an Avengers movie without Spider-Man up until now. And that's why it'll be hysterical to me if Marvel vs. Capcom 4 winds up being just a rumor. You know what it is? All these people shitting themselves going crazy and it's not even happening. I'll I'll be honest. Considering their partnership with Sony, you know, Capcom's arrangement with Sony and Capcom's uh, correction, Sony's, you know, partnership with Marvel with regards to Spider-Man. I definitely feel that if the game is going to happen, we're going to see the bulk of the Marvel Cinematic Universe characters. We'll probably see some Inhumans because they're out there. And, you know, we'll probably see a fair share of different Spider-Man characters like Green Goblin, Dr. Octopus, you know, because again, you have to look at the stuff that's there and in front of you. Yes. Would we love to see all the X-Men? Sure. But like I just said to you, how many how many times can you really play as Wolverine and it not get old? You know, like even Street Fighter Five. Yeah. Actually, in terms of fighting games, it would be great to have Inhumans because Inhumans are actually a lot more powerful than a lot of mutants. Exactly. And that's what I mean. Like, think about it. Think about being able to play as like Black Bolt, you know? It's like, you think about Black, again, taking Black Bolt, 
the guy who's beaten the Hulk with a whisper. Yep. And that's and that's exactly it. You know, people are so they're so in, they're so ingrained in what's already been established that they lose this. They lose sight of the fact that the Marvel Universe is so fucking vast. And that's what trips me up. I'm like, you do. You guys do realize that there's hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of characters that you can use without even scratching the surface. Think about it. If you just did most of the Avengers and their respective villains, you'd have a roster for a game on its own. I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't know how many people would want to play as fucking Wonder Man. <laughs> but hey, why not? There are some fucking terrible Avengers. Dude, but, th- but that's exactly but it. There's some terrible X-Men. There's some terrible X-Men. There's terrible Avengers. There's terrible villains. I mean, you know, we joke about all this stuff and it's like, hey, I wouldn't mind playing as Ultron or I wouldn't mind playing as the Mandarin. But then I'm like, as long as I don't have to fight Fing Fang Foom as an end boss, you know, it's like the only reason why people really give a fuck about Squirrel Girls, because a there's the rumor that she and Wolverine were boning and B the unexplainable story of her kicking the shit out of Thanos. Right. But but again, even if you played as as Thanos, like even think about that. Look looking at just the cinematic universe and all the characters that have already been introduced. Say you play as Thor, Lady Sif, and again, this isn't a roster in any sense. I'm just saying Thor, Lady Sif, maybe Heimdall if you wanted, or Thor and Loki. Right there you just got a new character in Loki. You got Captain America. Say you throw in Winter Soldier. Boom. Another new character. Maybe then Iron Man. Maybe War Machine is his own character with his own attacks now instead of it being a palette swap. You see what I'm saying? You throw Black Panther in there because, hello. <laughs> Duh. Gotta be in that game. I, I can only see, right about now, I can only see War Machine rolling out. This is true. I, I could I could definitely see him rolling out and, you know, wheel it, wheeling it out or... um. You know, same thing, Power Man, Iron Fist, Daredevil. You know, you can have fun with so many, just those characters and their rogues. Wouldn't it be cool to play as the Kingpin and have him fight, be be like a Zangief type of command grab character? Why not? Fuck, play as the Punisher, dude. Well, the thing is, a lot of the characters that you mentioned in in a Capcom game they kind of become the same character. Well, but yeah, but dude, how many, how many, how many fireball throwing characters is Capcom gonna have too? How many quarter circle punch characters are you gonna have? I mean, don't get me wrong. If Capcom uses their entire license and it's not just all Street Fighter characters, then yeah, you could grab some new guys from five. Maybe you want to grab a couple of guys from three. Maybe you want to go and start grabbing some of those other titles that you had. Maybe you want to throw in a Mega Man. Maybe you want to throw in Bass and Treble. Uh, you know, Proto Man. So th- there's, you know, the characters from Resident Evil. Again, you can do that because Capcom has enough of a vast assortment of characters. But again, if they go, if they fall into the same trap of using the same eight or 10 or 12 characters, then they're not doing themselves any favors either because Capcom doesn't exactly not have a, a, a healthy assortment of characters. Dude, I would grab characters from like Saturday Night Slam Masters. You know what I mean? Onimusha. I really wish they could somehow get their license back to get get us a a, um, a Tatsunoko versus Capcom three. Oh, dude, I would love to see that, and that and that's what I mean. Like, 
yes, to your point, this is all, it's like, oh, look, a giant Photoshop 4. What could that mean? It's like, oh, Marvel's versus Capcom 4, because logistically, that's the next game. Yes, we would love that to be the case, and we will dig into that deeper. But I did want to acknowledge that elephant in the room, because a lot of people, obviously, they know we do the comic podcast, and you know, they know I'm a I'm a Street Fighter fan. So people have asked and they're like, oh, you know, it kind of sucks that you're not going to see blah, blah, blah. I'm like, eh, it's not the end of the world. It's really not. I'll be honest. Nobody's chomping at the bit to play as Mr. Fantastic. Because <laughs> think about it. The only oh character God. you would see from Fantastic Four in a lot of these games was Doom. It's not like we saw Human Torch. Right. Or even even not even thing. Yep, not even thing, dude. And that that that, that just goes to show you that even in, even in video games back then, the Fantastic Four were second class citizens. They didn't give a fuck about them. They're like, all right, who are we using? Doom. That's it. Everybody else, non factor. Serious, you know. Every- I wanted to um, wanted to mention one last thing on the Game Awards before we close that that item out. Go ahead. I really want to give props to Jeff Keighley. One, you know, it started last year when he basically just sat down and shit on Konami for what they did to Hideo Kojima, and he started the show pretty much continuing that. Right. It's like, the dude basically, he, he had to do everything he could to, to keep from breaking down and crying, <clears throat> just wanting to, to um, thank Hideo Kojima for everything that he's done just for gaming, period. Right. No, I I, I respect and that, you know? Absolutely. That That's what I'm saying. Like, with all the shit that I gave them for not being as organized as I think they should have been, that that right there, that, he, he stole the show before it even really started. And then he gave the, the mic to Hideo Kojima, and, you know, he ran with it too. And then they showed the trailer for whatever the hell... Hideo Kojima's Twisted Mind is creating for the PlayStation 4. Right. Because I watched that trailer and I have no fucking clue <laughs> what I just saw. Because I saw a fucking tank that I'm not sure if there were just body parts falling off of the tank or the tank actually was growing body parts. Okay. Terrific. Hideo Kojima is probably, is very probably the latter. And then I saw a guy who had a squad of soldiers with him, but none of them had faces. Oh, fun times. They were skeleton. Yeah, they were skeleton heads. That doesn't even qualify as zombies. Good times. Like, they were like undead lap dogs. Like Army of Darkness. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Some like... And then there was just a floating dead baby that I'm not sure if that was a real baby or like a Cupid doll because the dude that the skeletons went after was holding a real child in some kind of incubator. I'm like, there's just really something strange in his brain. That's the game with uh, Daryl from The Walking Dead, right? Yeah, he, that's the thing. You didn't even see Norman Reedus in the thing. But Norman Reedus was still credited in the at the at the end of the trailer. So ah, okay. He's definitely still involved. Okay, cool. People want to know why why Del Toro was not credited. Yeah, I mean, you know, but I, yeah, I, I got to get that trailer up on on the on the the at least the Facebook page because that shit was 
weird yeah definitely i definitely would would want to see that i only caught a, a couple of glimpses of it you know on my phone while i was prepping for tonight's broadcast but yeah definitely if if you want to put it on the site or put it in the group you know i'll, I'll definitely sit down and watch it i did want to talk about uh gears of war doing console versus pc gaming starting uh december 2nd friday today officially now that it's after midnight and running through monday december 5th and you'll actually be able to play um, cross-play against either PC owners or console owners of the game. Uh, it's pretty crazy. I think um, you're going to be able to do a lot of crazy shit. And, you know, you're going to have increased win-loss XP. Yeah, and, and the playlist is going to be a social playlist with either Team Deathmatch, Dodgeball, King of the Hill. All the maps are going to be available, including Checkout and Dry Dock. Winning XP is going to be 1,500 points, up from 600 Losing XP is going to be 750 up from 100, and the maximum squad size will be five. Uh, I think this is really cool. It's 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 good that we're starting to see more cross-platform stuff. I mean, we're still a, I still feel we're still a ways off from uh, PlayStation versus Xbox cross-platform play, but at least PC gamers are capable are able now to mix it up with console gamers on a more on a you know on a more consistent basis with some titles. Agreed. The um. I was gonna say you're talking about um like console versus PC. Uh Rocket League is getting another update. Nice. I think that I'm not sure if it's out already or if it's coming out later this month, but basically it's 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 gonna start living up to this to its name now because it's a space station arena and the cars are actually utilizing rockets because it seems like there's uh, a reduced gravity. Nice, that's pretty cool. I, mean, I think I'm gonna have to need to. I'm gonna need to dust off. Price. Go ahead. They didn't mention the price, so it might be free. Nice. The um the last the last piece of gaming news I wanted to talk about was obviously now that it's December, we got uh, free games for PlayStation Plus and Xbox Live Gold. On the PlayStation Plus side, uh, you're going to get Invisible Ink and Stories Path of Destinies. Um, you're also going to get on the PlayStation 3 Hyper Void, Tiny Troopers Joint Ops, which um, will have cross-buy with PS4 and Vita. Vita owners will also get the platformer VVVVV, which is ridiculous, as well as the PS4-compatible Color Guardians. On the Xbox Live side, they're going to get a game which I know you're a fan of, and that is Burnout Paradise. In addition, Xbox Live Gold gamers will be getting Sleeping Dogs as well. So definitely some solid titles to, to close out 2016, uh, both from, from, you know, from Microsoft. Not that Sony's not putting out some good titles. I just feel that you know, Burnout Paradise on, on Xbox One is definitely going to be played by yours truly. That's for damn sure. <laughs> well, I mean... The the main draw of that was the the online, and I don't know how many people would be playing it online anymore. But it is what it is. I had, <clears throat> excuse me, if I had an Xbox One, being able to play Burnout Paradise just gonna remind me how much I really want a new Burnout game. Hell yeah, but, dude! Um, Absolutely. Thanks, EA. <laughs> thanks, guys. While we are, <laughs> it's true. While we are on the subject of Xbox Gold. Xbox Live Games with Gold gave out $930 worth of games in 2016 um, per a piece that Polygon put out. 
Um, they they had some pretty good titles, man. Gears of War two in February. What well, was a good one? Sticks Master of Shadows, which you've reviewed. Um, Borderlands, of course. They 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 did give out some good shit, man. Dead Space, Saints Row four, Sunset Overdrive on Xbox One, The Wolf Among Us. Um, you know, I'm just plucking out a couple of different games they gave out at different times. Goat Simulator, which I actually play, which is completely fucking ridiculous. Rainbow Six Vegas 2, WWE 2K16, which they gave out in August, which allowed me to sell my disc version. But, you know, we're not going to tell anyone about that. Assassin's Creed Chronicles China, which I actually just started playing, which isn't bad for a uh, a side-scrolling game. The first Forza Horizon, Mirror's Edge. On, in September, October, they gave um, Super Mega Baseball, which is pretty fun, and uh, The Escapists. And, of course, November, they had... Uh, Murdered Soul Suspect and Far Cry 3 Blood Dragon, which I downloaded. So not bad. In addition to that, for December, their um, Sleeping Dogs is going to be the definitive edition. And they're also doing Outlast, which I didn't get to play when it came out. So being able to get my hands on it is pretty dope. Plus, obviously, Burnout Paradise as well. So not bad, man. I mean, I felt that there was definitely some good value in a lot of different months on the Xbox side. Now, PlayStation Plus, for those of you that aren't aware... They actually gave out one thousand one hundred and fifty bucks in games. So, you know, a couple of good titles. They, you know, not a couple of good titles, but they had some really solid, noteworthy titles. Persona Four Arena Ultimax, which they gave away on PS3, uh, definitely notable. Uh, Super Stardust HD, Bro Force, which was absolutely fucking ridiculous. Um, they gave away Zombie on the PS4 in April. One of the noteworthy titles, Bionic Commando Rearmed on the PS3 in May. Ghosts of Sparta on the PS Vita also in May were just a couple of the noteworthy titles. In June, they gave you God of War Chains of Olympus and NBA 2K16, which I actually still play. Uh, just I started getting into the, the NBA 2K series. Uh, Saints Row Gat Out of Hell, they gave that in July. Call of Juarez Bound in Blood on the PS3. Um August saw some really good ones too. Yakuza five, which I'm sure you were like, fuck you <laughs> when you heard that. Um, September had its fair share of good titles. Journey was in there. Badland game of the year edition. Prince of Persia, the forgotten sands from the PS three. And of course in October transformers devastation, which I downloaded just to play through it again, resident evil um, from dust. So definitely some good ones. And November, as we were saying, wasn't bad either. They gave you Dirt 3, Deadly Tower of Monsters, which Slick played. Everybody's gone to the Rapture. Um, costume Quest. So, not a game. Which one? <laughs> Everybody's gone to the Rapture. Yeah, pretty much. And then, you know, for December, like I said, Color Guardians, which is PS4, PS Vita, Hypervoid, Invisible Ink, Stories, <clears throat> Tiny Troopers, Joint Ops, and V, 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 V. So... Not bad. I think um, both. Definitely Invisible Ink needs to be jumped on, I believe. I, I did not get a chance to review that, but I will not hold that against the developer. <laughs> they a copy, so I have, to, I, I have to honor that and respect that. But um, I did get <clears throat> uh, Stories Path of Destinies, and that game is a lot of fun. The only problem with it is that it expects you to play it over 20 times. Huh. And once you get the hang of it, the playthroughs, they only take maybe an hour. So it's, it's not the worst thing in the world. It's, it's 
a relatively easy platinum. Right. It's just that it, you know, it's time consuming. The thing is that it wouldn't be so bad if with each playthrough there was more content. But after like really after you have have um gotten the true ending. Right. Cuz the the whole thing about it is like you play through, you fuck up, you fuck up something really bad and either you wind up dying or wind up killing somebody that you didn't want to kill. So you turn back time to the beginning and you start over and you do it all over again and you fuck up and you finally find the right way because it's a magical book that is, you know, chronicling what you've done. Right. And when you fuck, fuck up, it brings you back to the beginning and you start to see the pattern and find the right way through. That's one of the really cool things about it. But you find the right way through, I'd say, even if you're, I mean, I, I didn't look at any kind of guys or anything other than to get trophies, but <clears throat> even if you're just playing straight by like, somewhere between like the fifth and the 10th playthrough, you will have found the true path. Mm. And there's the, like the book, when it opens up at the beginning, it shows you there's like 25 paths. Jeez. And to, you know, quote unquote, complete the game, you have to complete each path. And like I said, that wouldn't be so bad because it's only like an hour each. Right. But it just gets really repetitive because you're doing, you, you find yourself in different combinations of the same areas. Gotcha. So it winds up being the, you, you start, you start knowing the story before you even get there. Makes sense. I, I haven't completed it yet for that reason. I'm like 60% through, I guess. Cause I, I was like, yeah, I'll do, I'll do a chapter every day till I finish it. And then like between ha- having to play other games to review and stuff and just the tedium of it. And I, I hate to say that cause I really did like the game. Mm-hmm. It's just that I, I they, they could have done something to try to just spice it up a little more. Cause the game is fun. It's funny. And like as an action RPG, it has a solid combo system. Like, okay, you you really you can you can just button mash the hell out of it, but you can actually put together some some pretty sick combos with your abilities and stuff. It definitely, I would say, anybody with a PS4, PS4 Pro, whatever, pick it up because, like I said, especially if you're a trophy whore, you'll you'll get a, another <laughs> platinum with with um, just repetition. So, and if you're not, you'll you'll play it till you you know get the true path, and then just say whatever. Gotcha. Well, I mean, you know, both both services have given us a ton of great value, a lot of good games. Now, um, you know, going into the end of the year, of course, as I was talking about during the the start of the show, you know, with Black Friday now behind us, you know, there were a, a substantial amount of deals uh, that went down. For for Black Friday, I know that, like I said, I partook mostly in the movie stuff, but you you definitely got a couple of things on the game side. No, I didn't just because I, you know, I had a I have a a bit of a backlog of stuff and I'm just trying to get caught up on on more of the work for the site. And I said, why am I going to go and just buy another game and just have it sitting there collecting dust? You know, 
I hear you on that, but I, I actually, I was trying to get through a lot of these games that I picked up for Black Friday during the month of December because, you know, if nothing else, I can stream them. Of course. Or, you know, make videos out of them. Right. But I'll tell you, <clears throat> and that's going to go into a very quick rant after I, I call them out, but I, from from Thanksgiving morning, I was scouring for Essentially, I picked up the games that during the year developers either ignored me or told me they couldn't provide me with a review copy. Right. Because once you do that, I'm not paying you full price for your game. I hear you. (laughs) (laughs) Makes sense. Some games are actually worth full price. No Man's Sky I picked up because I wanted to play it despite all the bullshit people said I wanted to play it because I watched a lot of people stream it or record it or whatever, and I wanted to play it because it looked like something that I would enjoy. Right. Oddly enough, the day or the day before I got it in the mail, the game got a huge update, (laughs) and now people want to play it. Of course. Of course they do. Like, they changed a lot of shit in the game and added a lot of shit, and now people want to play it. Right. Mirror's Edge Catalyst, you know, EA, the game of company that never wants to give you any shit free, picked up Mafia 3, which, again, and I'm saying this to anybody, great game, not worth $60, but a very, a very well, you know, great graphics, great music, great voice acting. Right. It's just that it's very buggy. And it's just not worth 60 bucks. Gotcha. Lego Star Wars The Force Awakens. You know I love the Lego games. Right. Now, I hope more people got this one. I got Dishonored 2 because I fell in love with it at E3. Right. But I also got Dishonored 1 because Mm. I never played it. Now, I got the two games separately. Okay. Which I found out later cost me five bucks. So it's not a huge difference, but Best Buy had it where you could have gotten, they, they had a special version of Dishonored 2. Oh, shit. Wait a minute. I might actually have it. <laughs> nice. Nice. So um, basically, I will be returning Dishonored 1 to Best Buy tomorrow because you have Dishonored 2. Copy of Dishonored 2. I have Dishonored 1. Oh, man. <laughs> nice. So basically, I got Dishonored 1 and Dishonored 2 for $25. Can't beat that, my friend. You can't beat that. Because right now, if you go to the store, Dishonored 2 is $60. There you go. Shit, you, you came out like a bandit there. And because I have some friends that specifically asked me to get it, I picked up Dead, Dead Island Definitive Co- Collection, which oddly enough does look a lot better than the original. What did it, it run you? Did put in some work, uh, but it 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 looks like it's going to have all the same problems that the original had. I, I mean, I'll I'll probably put something together to confirm or or disparage that. Right. I hope it is less bug. In some ways, I hope it has some of the same bugs because a lot of them were funny. Right. And I hope it works overall better. 
So I got that. I picked up a few movies as well. Like I picked up uh, The Killing Joke. I it definitely needed that for my collection. I picked up Southish Party because if Rich says it's fucking funny, it must be fucking hysterical. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I would do the Daniel Bryan yes if I had wireless headphones. Yeah, dude. Gotta see that. Um, yeah, you also picked up a new controller too, right? Yes, I picked up the sexy new DS4 because my all my other DS4s have the broken button. There you go. And it, it has a, you know... I mean, it feels exactly the same. I gotta get, you know, break it in more. It it um actually feels like it's it's gonna work out better because the some of the triggers have become hair triggers for me just because they are broken. Right. So I only bought one because I do hopefully plan to get a PS4 Pro in February because I'm hoping for Horizon to be bundled with it, and that would be my second one. Nice. Okay. I um. You know, like I said at the start of the uh, at the start of the show, I picked up some movies, um, but my wife actually picked up something on Black Friday that we were kind of on the fence about, and she surprised me. We picked up an Amazon Echo Dot with Alexa, and um, dude, I was blown away by how insane that shit is. You know the the Black Friday deal got you an Echo Dot for fifty bu- uh, for thirty nine ninety nine, which at, you know it's nothing at this point. So, you know the Echo Dot for those of you that don't know utilizes Amazon Alexa. You can talk to it. You can ask it questions. You can even do shopping through Amazon. You can say order double uh, A batteries and it'll order double A batteries for you and everything. You know you can ask it most most questions. You can play games with it. And my wife got it because. You know, one of the things that those of us that have a lot of gadgets in our houses have with significant others are significant others that only know how to use a fraction of our shit. And, um, you know, <laughs> my wife is a, is a prime example. You know, I have a Logitech Harmony remote. You press turn on TV and it'll turn on TV, cable box, home theater. Boom, you're done. And then it's like if she wants to watch Netflix, it's like either you know, since there's so much redundancy, it's either turn on the PS4, turn on the Xbox One, turn on the PS3, turn on the 360, hit the Netflix button on the TV. It's it's there's so many different options, you know, it makes your head spin. But in terms of music, uh, you know, she wanted something that she could listen to music on. And, you know, the the home theater that I have is Bluetooth compatible. But, you know, you got to find the remote for the home theater and put it in Bluetooth. You know, it's just just nonsense. So. The whole motivation for her was, oh, I'll pick it up, you know, I'll listen to Pandora and Spotify on it. And, you know, it, it has its fair share of stuff. But I was thoroughly impressed and blown away by like this, like you could set on a, like you can say, you know, Alexa, wake me up at 10 a.m. tomorrow and it'll wake you up at 10 a.m. tomorrow. You can say, you know, you it, it does math functions, groceries. If you have smart light bulbs in your home or smart appliances you can pair them, you know, you can add skills. So if you use the Philips Hue, which is amazing, uh, if you're if you're looking for a nice way to, you know, make start making your home smart, uh, Philips Hue is a, is a recommendation that you'll probably see in our gift guide. Um, you know, you could say, Alexa, turn on the lights in the bedroom and it will. And if you use a smart thermostat, either a Nest or an Ecobee, which is what I'm going to be putting in my house, you can say, hey, Alexa, lower the thermostat to 62 
and it'll lower the thermostat to 62. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of cool stuff. It does games. It reads recipes. But I was just blown away by how easy it was to operate. Like I have obviously an Android phone and, you know, we use the, the Google now stuff and, you know, I'll say, OK, Google, and it'll pick it up. But it's not always accurate. Like sometimes I have to say, OK, Google, like 17 times for it to actually recognize it. So, you know, the the Google Home, which was also on sale for Black Friday, was on my radar. But I'm like, hey, you know, Alexa has a cheaper barrier of entry at 40 bucks. And if we don't like, you know, whatever, we take it back. But I was thoroughly, thoroughly, thoroughly impressed. Nice. Yeah, dude. I mean, you know, even like, you know, using you as an example, you know, obviously you much like me are are all about the gadgets. But that's one of those things where you can where, you know, you wake up early in the morning and me, I, I'm guilty of this. I have a short fucking attention span, meaning that if I get up and start getting dressed to go to work and I turn on the TV and I'm like, oh, look, the Avengers is on. It's me scrambling out the door five minutes before I got to get to work. <laughs> so, you know, if I if I wake up and, I, and I'm getting ready, I'll be like, you know, Alexa, what's the weather for today? And I'll get the weather and. I'll say, Alexa, what are the news for today? And, you know, you can actually add different things, whether it's tech news or, you know, the regular depressing news of the day. And she'll give you a rundown and you go out the door. It, it You know, it's no different than Siri on, on the on the iPhone or or Google now on anything else. But it's just such an easy thing that it becomes just like every day. Like I since we've purchased it, I've used it every day. Like. You know, my wife has her alarm, which she uses through her Fitbit to wake up because obviously she she wakes up earlier than me. And I'll just be like, you know, Alexa set an alarm for, you know, 8 a.m. And it'll be like, OK. And at 8 a.m., the shit will go off. And then I have a backup alarm on my phone and it's business as usual. I can be like, uh, you know, Alexa, play uh, my hip hop playlist on Pandora. It'll play it. All is right in the world. So, you know, it, it was a great buy. It was a cheap barrier of entry. And I'm actually probably going to pick up a second one to put in the studio for, you know, the smart bulbs that we have in studio here for things like, hey, Alexa, dim the lights, et cetera. You know, just because why not? <laughs> gotcha. Yep. So that was uh, that was my uh, that was my pick. That Well, my wife picked it up for Black Friday, but I have been benefiting from it quite a bit. So, um, you know, like I said, some movies as well. Anything else you wanted to add, my friend? Yeah, one quick thing um, on that that thing where I was saying games that aren't worth sixty bucks. Right. Good old Watch Dogs Two. Oh no. <laughs> Ubisoft in two. Uh, you've been doing it longer than that, but especially in two thousand and sixteen, you guys have been sniffing your ass like it's roses. You put out the division. People liked it, and then it was all fucked up, and people just stopped playing it. Right. And you put out a, you put out a, a what do you call it, a, a new pack recently, like people are still playing that game. Right. <laughs> I used to, when the Division came out, everybody in my PSN was playing it. Check your PSN or your Xbox Live. Is anybody still playing the Division? Nope. Exactly. So why are you putting out a new game pack? Who's buying that shit? Then you put out Watch Dogs 2, and this goes back to my whole thing with Dishonored, because Watch Dogs 2 came out November 15th. Right. Dishonored 2 came out November 11th, four days earlier. Black Friday came, Dishonored was 25 bucks. Guess how much Watch Dogs 2 was? 34 dollars $60. Really? 
I could have sworn I saw it on sale in Target. Am I wrong? Nope, you because I checked everywhere. Wow. Again, I know somebody who's playing it and streaming it. I do want to play the game, but it sure is selling worth $60. Because, one, how do you have San Francisco and there's like five people there? <laughs> God. Like, the streets are empty as shit. And the game is buggy as well. Dude was driving down the street. Granted, he was driving down the wrong side. The street was empty. Why did he crash into someone head on? Because two seconds later, traffic just appeared in front of him. Oh. Like magic. <laughs> oh. So he was in the Matrix is what you're telling me. So <laughs> pretty much. But it's like this game that's not worth full price. You thought it was a good idea to leave it at full price just because it was only 10 days before Black Friday. Meanwhile, and this is why I really want to see the MPD numbers for November. I want to see how Dishonored 2 did versus Watch Dogs 2 because I'm sure Ubisoft will be like, well, they had four extra days to sell. No, they sold better because they were smart enough to lower the price. Right. And they're a be- and it's a better game. Right. Yeah, well. We'll see what happens. I'm sure we'll have those numbers. I'm in the process of, I'm in the process of, of um, scheming right now, trying to get the game for $40, because this week it is on sale on Amazon. I'm trying to use that to price match it with Best Buy and see if I can still get the the um, Gamers Club Unlocked discount. Right, which we've discussed. So if you're Stop. looking for Watch Dogs 2, you might want to try to do the same thing as me. Price match at Best Buy, and if you have Gamers Club Unlocked, hopefully I'll get you another 10 bucks off. Right. I also think that if you are on Amazon Prime and you buy it because it's a new game, you get a discount on it as well. Don't quote me on it, but I believe that was a perk. If the game is out within the first 30 days of purchase, you get to utilize the an Amazon Prime discount. I haven't tested it yet, but if you have Prime and you're looking for that Check out what Slick was talking about. See see if you're going to pick up the game. And if you have Prime, see if you get the deal. Let us know. Uh, we'd definitely be curious. Absolutely. That's it? Oh, yeah. The last thing, just, for, again, for people who want to save money, because who the fuck doesn't, uh, in case you missed it, last night, being Thursday at this point, was the, the Game Awards 2016. Pretty much, well, not everything but a lot of the stuff that was mentioned or won or even nominated during the awards is on sale at PSN. Right. I'm finally going to get it to pick up Abzu because again, once you guys tell me no, you can't give me a review copy, I ain't paying full price for your game. <laughs> so Ab- Abzu is on sale right now at PSN, so now I will buy it. The views expressed by Slick do not reflect the views of My Take Radio and or Rageworks. <laughs> because Slick is a fucking maniac. There you go. I, I Just uh, having a little fun with you. Yeah, so definitely, you know, hit up PSN, guys. Save some money where you can. It's the holidays. We want to buy ourselves some stuff, too. Uh, that's for damn sure. Anything else, brother? Yeah, um, definitely check it out because newer games like Battlefield 1 and Titanfall 2, even Mafia 3, they are on sale. All right. Works for me. All right, man. I will talk to you later. You got it, brother. Thank you for the assist as always. Much appreciated. Peace. All right. That was our very own Slick uh, helping me close out this week's gaming segment. Let us switch gears 
and jump into some entertainment stuff, shall we? Entertainment news are a little bit light this week, just because obviously we had the Thanksgiving holiday, which not which didn't have too many noteworthy things, but there were a couple of things that needed to be addressed. Uh, for those of you that have heard, the upcoming Justice League cartoon, Justice League Action, will be debuting on the Cartoon Network December 16th with a four-part Shazam Slam episode. Uh, it's going to air at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and uh, future episodes will begin airing on December 20th. So, if you are a fan of the Justice League cartoons, keep an eye out for that on the Cartoon Network starting December 16th, and then uh, new episodes will be airing starting December 24th. So, definitely something to look out for, that's for sure. On the box office side of things, the box office belonged to Moana this past weekend, earning $55.1-$55.5 million and bringing its total to $81.1 million dollars. Uh, followed in the number two slot by Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, earning an additional $45.1 million, bringing its total to 156.2. Holding on to in the number three slot, Doctor Strange earned an additional $13.4 million to bring its total to $205.1 million. Allied came in at number four. Arrival came in at number five. Trolls earned an additional $10.3 million to bring its total to 135. Point one. Almost Christmas was number seven. Bad Santa 2 earned an additional $6.1 million to bring its total to $9 million. Hacksaw Ridge was number was number nine. And the Edge of 17 closed things out of the box office in the number 10 slot. The success of Moana is huge for the people's champ, The Rock, as the movie brought in $81.1 million domestically through the five-day Thanksgiving weekend including the overseas market, which earned $97.4 million worldwide. It's now the second biggest Thanksgiving weekend opening ever behind the $93.6 million opening for Frozen in 2013, which also earned that money over a five-day run. So once again, uh, The Rock continues to crank out box office gold in with everything he touches uh, Moana being no exception. I've heard great things about the film. I haven't had a chance to go check it out yet. I actually want to try and get to the theater this weekend to see Fantastic Beasts and where to find them. Uh, my wife is a big Harry Potter fan, and I ended up getting into the movies later on. I started watching them on DVD, and I saw the trailer for Fantastic Beasts, and I was blown away by the special effects. So it definitely has piqued my interest, and I want to check it out. So um, I will let you guys know. I'll let you guys know if I do that. And of course, I'll share a five minute movie review on air when that happens. Now, I did want to talk about something interesting that went down with 20th Century Fox. Uh, Coming Soon reported that they've actually put out several release dates for a couple of films, including a possible release date for Avatar 2. Uh, they have two Marvel films on deck for November 2nd, 2018 and February 14th, 2019. A lot of people are looking at the February release date as a possible release date for Deadpool 2 since the original film released in February. There's also a third Marvel film that was slated for October 6, 2017, but was removed 
from the schedule. Now, that October 6th date belongs to Kingsman, the Golden Circle, which was originally set for June 16, 2017, but will now be hitting theaters October 6th. I, um, you know, I, I really enjoyed the Kingsman. I thought it was an amazing and very, very underrated film. Looking forward to the sequel. So keep an eye out for those release dates. Of course, if anything changes, I will share it with you guys. Now, you know, Fox has another film on deck, like I said, you know, with a possible November 2nd, uh, 2018 release date. Some people are are wondering if it's going to be a new, another X-Men film. Some people are saying it's going to be another Fantastic Four, another Fantastic Four film. Not 100% sure, but all signs point to it being a Marvel film for 2018. I've also heard rumblings of it possibly being uh, a New Mutants film or an X-Force film, which would be interesting to see as well. Of course, once we get additional info, we will be sharing that with you guys. Now, you know, there's been a lot of back and forth with regards to Sony and Marvel and Fox and Marvel and any potential arrangements that could occur between these companies so that we can see some of their characters mix it up on the big screen. We've already seen it with Sony and Spider-Man and Spider-Man showing up in Civil War. But on the Fox side of things, it's interesting, obviously, because Fox has licenses for Fantastic Four and the X-Men. So uh, Kevin Feige was interviewed uh, for Variety and they were asked about the, uh, you know, a possible deal between Fox and Marvel for properties like X-Men and the Fantastic Four. And he said, with regards to a possible deal with Fox, it's an impossibility at this juncture. We certainly have enough films to keep us busy for a number of lifetimes. When asked about competition between other comic films, he said, "What other people are adapting from the comics medium, I watch with as much interest as I do any other movies because I am a fan. And I want to see what other people are doing in the world. I've always believed in expanding the definition of what a Marvel Studios movie could be. We try to keep audiences coming back in greater numbers by doing the unexpected and not simply following a pattern or a mold or a formula. When asked about green lighting films with lesser known characters, he said, I feel anxiety about every scene and every character in every movie we've ever made. That's why when you sit down for your first test screening, you're nauseated. It would be hubris to think people are going to love everything you put in front of them. See, that mentality is why Marvel has been knocking it out of the park each and every time. It is because Marvel, they go, they, they, start, they start crafting this narrative, they start building the foundations for this for these different characters and it goes back as far as other films think about it when captain america winter soldier happened one of the characters that was mentioned as being a target by hydra was stephen strange which even back then the the fact that stephen strange was mentioned on screen got a lot of people interested and really got people buzzing and this is the kind of stuff i'm talking about something as small as a name drop or you know, in Ant-Man, when they were talking about, you know, you got guys swinging on webs and blah, blah, blah. You know, again, you know, teasing Spider-Man. There was always and that's that's one thing that Marvel has been beneficial, you know, has benefited from. They play the long game in the in the terms of, yeah, we're going to get Captain America. We're going to get Iron Man. We're going to get Hulk. We're going to get Doctor Strange. We're going to get Thor. We're going to get, you know, Thanos on the big screen. But it's one of those things that everything is just building up to the next chapter in the story. It's no different than picking up a comic book, and at the end of the book, you get the cliffhanger to pick up the next book. Marvel is doing the same thing. They're really crafting a very, very solid narrative across all their films. Obviously, people would like to see more between the TV side and the film side, 
But even still, as long as it's all existing in the same sandbox, you can you can mix the properties from the big screen and the small screen if you want. But it's not necessarily something that is mandatory. And I think that if we do Infinity War and we see a character like Luke Cage or we see a character like Jessica Jones or maybe we see Daredevil pop up in Spider-Man, even if it's just as Matt Murdock, it shows a synergy. You don't necessarily have to have a crossover with the two characters, but just acknowledging that they exist in the same universe is is worth is worthwhile enough. I think that's one thing that Marvel has done a good job with. I mean, you know, if you watch Doctor Strange, uh, if you haven't seen it, spoiler alert, three, two, one. If you watch Doctor Strange, you're going to see in one of the scenes of the film that the Avengers Tower is in full view. And, and again, nothing crazy, not acknowledged right away, but just enough that when you see it, you go, nice. You know, you appreciate that. Uh, the same thing when you are watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and, you know, they talk about another rider in reference to Ghost Rider. And you see a, a flashback and it does look like Do Johnny Blaze. And this is what I'm saying. You see all these different things. Again, you're not acknowledging that there's going to be a Johnny Blaze TV series or a Johnny Blaze, uh, you know, movie or anything. But you're just acknowledging the fact that that character is in that sandbox. It's no, you know, it's no different than on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Now they've introduced the book, The Darkhold, which is responsible for creating vampires and other things in the Marvel Universe. As many of you know, Blade, recently reacquired by Marvel, is another character that whether we see him on the big screen or the small screen, there's there's you know there's little pieces in place that can make that a possibility. And this is what I'm saying as a as a fan, I feel that Marvel's done such a great job with it, and that's where DC I feel stumbles. DC wants to come out of the gate swinging, giving everybody everything at once, and you know it's sensory overload, and you don't get to do the best job with the character you have because you're so focused on everything else. And I feel that that's been DC's crutch and their problem with this brand new cinematic universe that they're working on. It's different on the small screen. I think DC does an amazing job on the TV side because each character is getting their own narrative, their own, their own time. And when they finally put the characters together, like what's been happening on the CW recently with Supergirl, Flash, Green Arrow, and the Legends of Tomorrow... It, it makes people excited because, again, it's a big it's a big deal. It's a big event. And now the characters go their separate ways. And down the road, there'll be something else that will require those characters to come together. And people will be equally excited. But again, you had to create a narrative and a, and a platform for each of those characters so that it, uh, you know, that it, it looks special when they're all on screen at once. I mean, each one of those shows that has, you know, that was part of the crossover this week had, you know, some of the best viewership they've had, you know, since their season premieres because people were excited. Everyone was talking about it. And I think that that's something that DC, when it comes to their TV product, has done a stellar job with. We can only hope that, you know, the powers that be apply that same logic and they pace themselves accordingly when it comes to their big screen properties. But we shall see what happens. As I mentioned, you know, during during the gaming segment at the start of the show, uh, you know, I picked up some Blu-rays. I picked up Captain America Civil War for eight bucks. Uh, I picked up the the second Ninja Turtles film and Ghostbusters for nine dollars a piece. And I picked up Creed uh, just because I'm a big fan of the Rocky movies. I picked it up for six dollars. I own, you know, Rocky one, two, three, four, um, 
Rocky Balboa and now Creed. I wasn't really me personally. I wasn't a big fan of Rocky five, but you know, one through four and uh, Rocky Balboa and Creed are definitely movies that are in my rotation and six bucks can't be beat all on Blu-ray, all brand new. So definitely solid pickups for Black Friday. Uh, Definitely keep an eye out this holiday season. If there are certain movies on your radar that you're apprehensive about buying on day one, keep an eye out. They may go on sale before year end or who knows. Uh, You know, Amazon is your friend. They do a lot of good deals sometimes. Uh, Not a plug for Amazon in the least, but, uh, you know, they definitely have been delivering quite a bit this holiday season. That's for sure. Anyway, I think that's a, a nice way to wrap things up for the entertainment side of things and to wrap up the show as well. So I've given you guys my take on gaming and entertainment this week. Well, correction, Slick and I have given you our take on gaming and I've given you my take on entertainment this week. I would love to hear yours. Feel free to hit us up on social media, on Twitter, at MyTakeRadio or at Rage underscore Works. If you're on Facebook, look us up on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash official RageWorks. And if you want to interact with us, um, myself, Slick, and the rest of the RageWorks team, as well as fellow viewers and listeners, you can look for the RageWorks group on Facebook as well. In addition to that, archived episodes of this show and previous shows can be found on RageWorks.net. Audio can be found in podcast format on iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio. And video, of course, you can find our on our YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash official RageWorks. Again, I want to thank you guys for joining us for this week's episode of MTR. I want to thank Slick for his assistance in the gaming segment this week. And I will see you guys next Wednesday at 11.30 p.m. Eastern, 8.30 p.m. Pacific, for the MMA and wrestling edition of MTR. Just a reminder, we will be doing live shows until December 15th, wrapping up for 2016. And then we'll be back uh, either the first or second week of January to do the final two live shows before we revert back to a podcast format. Further details can be found in a post on RageWorks.net. You can look in the news ticker and it has our schedule there. Just click the link and you'll be able to get that info. All right, guys. See you next Wednesday at 11.30 p.m. Eastern, 8.30 p.m. Pacific. Peace. I'm rich, bitch! Uh, uh. That's all, folks.